0: people welcome to part two of this week's echo chamber so this is very exciting I had the opportunity to um, check out Jessica Graham's directorial debut short film which is called listen now it's a it's a short film it's only seven minutes But it's powerful It packs a punch And What made the situation even better people I then got to have a conversation With uh, Jessica as well So um, yeah this This is a great one people So I hope you enjoy But before we do that Let's uh, you know check out some um, information on some festivals and things coming your way shortly. All right, buckle up. Okay, people, Sheffield Dockfest is ending their year in a big way from Friday thirteenth. Sheffield DocFest will present its fourth and final program for its 2020 festival, Ghosts and Apparitions. Ghosts and Apparitions encompasses films and artworks, each part of DocFest 2020 official selection and all presented online Friday the 13th of November until Thursday the 26th of November. Since the first glimpses of the moving image, ghosts were haunting our imaginations, including those yet to be. A ghost from then meets a ghost from now. Histories and collective memory are born. And cinema, the dismantling of frontiers. Films of all lengths, artists, video, audio and XR performances will all feature across the Ghost and Apparition film program and arts program. Each experimenting with form and expanding the boundaries of what documentary can be. The program combined involved thirteen films and artworks representing nine spoken languages and spanning twelve countries around the world. Argentina, Canada, Chile, Czechos, Czech Republic, France, Israel, Netherlands, Spain, Taiwan, Thailand, UK, and USA. Filmmakers and artists include, among others, Orit Asheri, an Israeli, uh, German Award-winning interdisciplinary disciplinary artist based in the UK, and d- an alumni of Sheffield Hallam University. Sophia Bordowitz, an award winning Canadian filmmaker, and Paula Albuquerque, an experimental Portuguese filmmaker and scholar based in the Netherlands. Keegan, um the UK And Germany-based Collective will present a live interactive experience from a virtual world on Saturday the 14th of November. The film program will be available online to all UK-based public at Sheffield Dockfest Selects and internationally via Dockplayer from 5 PM on the 13th of November until 2359 on uh, the 26th of November. Select titles are also available to watch via Moby one of DocFest program partners. The arts program will be available online for audiences internationally and free of charge. Via the Sheffield DocFest website um, from the same times, you know, which is always a good thing. Uh, an old question for humans is how can we make visible what is invisible? Sometimes only um, semantic, sometimes a faded memory, sometimes just a dream. In our film program, transitional processes are present and relevant From forgetfulness to remembrance From past into present From the individual into the collective realms The buried memory of civil war in Spain Present in spaces and objects in deep waters Recollections of childhood and the processes of transformation of the city of Taipei in the tunnel. All that is forgotten in an instant builds an intricate, passionate journey between words, translations, and political landscapes. And truth or consequences brings to life the ghost's desires and fragilities that haunt a community and build their uh, resistant vision of life. Love and death are two of the most fundamental and universal realms of human existence and cinema has been one of their most loyal storytellers. Loss of our loved one and the quest for meaning in dissolution in Man Amour. The, eff- the effort to understand and realize loss as a challenge for making a film in point and line to plane. Ghost and Apparitions is also about experimenting with cinematic forms and narratives and questioning what documentary can be. Firm is a voyage outside the anthropophic perspective Over landscape and nature So, people, all of this You know what I mean? It starts on Friday the 13th So, you know, tomorrow, okay? So, go to the information of the episode and you will be able to find um, How to access and everything like that Alright, enjoy Cronenberg fans, you are in for a treat Because Shudder AMC Network's premier service for horror, thriller, and supernatural announced today that it's teamed up with award-winning production company Shaftesbury to make a new eight-episode installment of the hugely popular horror series Slasher. Hailed by bloody disgusting as top-notch horror storytelling, Slasher Flesh and Blood will stream exclusively exclusively on horror platform Shudder in the US, Australia and New Zealand in 2021. Shudder will also be streaming Home for Flesh and Blood in Canada, the UK and Ireland, following its linear premieres in those countries. The series will be broadcast exclusively on Hollywood Suite in Canada. Production is underway now in Ontario, Canada. Slasher Flesh and Blood follows a wealthy but dysfunctional family gathering for a reunion on a secluded island. Their old wounds. And competitive rivalries. Flare up when the family. Realises a masked killer. Is on the island. Intent on a cruelly. Picking them off. One by one. As with the past instalments of the series, Slash Our Flesh and Blood will combine elements of traditional murder mystery with intense horror and bold kills that audiences have come to expect. Canadian horror legend David Cronenberg has joined the cast for the new season, which will also continue Slash's trend of bringing back cast members in new roles. Returning from previous seasons are Paula Brancati, Jefferson Brown, Patrice Goodman, Sabrina Gedrich and Christopher Jackett. New faces this year include Rachel Crawford, Janine Goosen, Sydney Meyer, and Alex Orzes. Slasher is clever, bloody, scary, and fun, and adding David Cronenberg to the mix will take this new installment of the series to the next level, says Craig Engler, Shudders at General Manager. We couldn't be more excited to work with Aaron Martin and the team over at Shaftesbury to bring the Slasher flesh and blood to Shudder members. We are so thrilled that Slasher will be brought back to life on Shudder, said Shaftesbury chairman and CEO Christina Jennings. We know the fans of the show weren't ready to say goodbye. So we are eager to bring them the goriest, scariest chapter of this anthology yet. Hmm, not bad, right people? The slasher series over delivers on good old fashioned gore, horror and fun with fast pacing and exceptional casting. Said David Kind's President Hollywood Suite. We are very excited to throw our support behind the series and resurrect it for another bone-chilling season. So you can follow the production via Slasher's social media channels. They're on Facebook as Slasher TV, Twitter as Slasher Series, and Instagram as Slasher TV Official. So... Something new to look forward to, people. Horror fans, the year may be coming to a close, but there is still plenty to look forward to. Shudder is closing out its record-breaking year with holiday specials from two of their most popular series. Exclusive new supernatural chillers, massive new collections focused on holiday horrors, and Galio, and so much more, people. Okay, so the December highlights. Well, a, um, a shudder special will be Joe Bob Saves Christmas. Um, it's the Christmas spirit Takes over the last drive-in As Joe, Bob and Darcy Close out the year With a double feature of Holiday Horrors Premieres live on the Shudder TV Feed Friday, December the 11th And will be made available on demand On Sunday, December the 13th You've also got A Creeps show holiday special. In the holiday themed hour long special. Shapeshifters Anonymous. Featuring. Fearing he is a murderer. An anxious man. Searches for answers. For his unique condition. From an unusual support group. It's starring Anna Camp. And Adam Pally. The special is written and directed by creep show showrunner Greg Nicotero, based on a short story by J.A. Conrath. Okay, so that hits Shudder on the 18th of December. Okay, so they are also having some, you know, original um, exclusive movies. So there is anything for Jackson. On the 3rd of December, after losing their only grandson in a car accident, grief-stricken Audrey and Henry, a doctor, kidnap his pregnant patient with the intentions of performing a reverse exorcism, putting Jackson inside her unborn child. It doesn't take long to figure out Jackson isn't the only ghost the grandparents invited Onto their home Now it's a race against time for the couple As well as the pregnant woman To figure out a way out of the haunting they've set upon themselves (laughs) Oh my god (laughs) Consider this wintry anti-nativity tale Shudder's Christmas counter-programming from a writer and director Who together have made a bevy of traditional holiday movies That's Keith Cooper and Justin G. Dyke um, Believe me, this ain't Baby in a Manger Or Christmas with a Prince It's starring Sheila McCarthy Julian Rickings Constina Manteluis Josh Crudas And Yannick Bison Whew, And it does sound A little scary Okay so on the 17th of December You also will be getting The Pale Door So the Dalton Gang Find shelter in a seemingly Uninhabited ghost town After a train robbery Goes south Seeking help for their wounded leader, they are surprised to stumble upon a welcoming brothel in the town square. But the beautiful women who greet them are actually a coven of witches with very sinister plans for the unsuspecting outlaws. And a battle between good and evil is just beginning. It's starring Devon Druid, Zachary Kington, Bill Sage, Pat Healy, Natasha Bassett, Stan Shaw, Melora Waters, And it's directed by Aaron B. Koontz, um, Who directed um, some of Scare Package Which, um you know, we spoke about earlier in the year Okay, so you're also getting new series Alright, so Season 2 of Ellie Roof's History of Horror That will be hearing the platform on the 10th of December um, There will be new collections as well uh, So you've got the Holy Galley Christmas Okay, So slip on your black gloves And deck the halls with bloody murder Italian style as Shudder debuts its biggest ever collection of Galio cinema. Both classic and modern with films by Dario Argento, Lucia Fulci, Laberato Bava, Michel Savi, Sergio Martino and many, many more. Okay, so it will be featuring A Blade in the Dark, Death an Egg. Black Belly of the Tarantula The Case of the Bloody Iris The Corruption of Chris Miller The Editor The Fifth Chord New York Ripper The Night Evelyn Came Out of the Grave The Red Queen Kills Seven Times Short Night of Glass Dolls Stage Fright Torso Trauma your vice is a locked room, and what have you done to Salange? Whoo, man! And um, yeah, it'll be coming on the second. Okay, so uh, yeah, not bad, a eh, people? Not bad at all. But there's also other new films. All right, so you've got Blood B, which, um, I mean, well, that comes on the 30th of November, but we'll still count it. All right. So that's a young woman travels to rural Wisconsin to meet her boyfriend's family, and a samurai spirit, warrior spirit, possesses her body to go on a bloody killing spree. It's starring Helen Benton, Terry Brown, Dana Day. Um, you've also got The Body. Okay, so a darkly funny and twisted journey taking place entirely on one forgettable Christmas Eve. Body revolves around a trio of college co-eds whose dalliance with breaking and entering goes hor- horribly awry. Following a freak accident, the girls find themselves entangled in a Hitchcockian nightmare steeped in tension, suspicion, double-crossing and murder where no one is to be trusted and a new twist lies around every corner. From the team behind this year's Villains, it's starring Helen Rogers, Alexander Toshkran, Lauren Molina, Larry Fresden, um, and it's directed by Dan Burke and uh, Robert Olson. Okay, so you've got Rape Rare Experts, uh, directed by Jalmari Hallender. In this darkly comic gem, it's Christmas Eve in northern Finland, and an archaeological dig has just unearthed Santa Claus. But this Santa isn't one you want coming to town. When local children begin disappearing, Pietieri and his father capture the mythological being and attempt to sell Santa to the corporation sponsoring the dig. Hmm. So, yeah, plenty to look forward to, and there's plenty more people, you know? Classic films like The Lost Boys, Brand Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> if you haven't got Shudder, you might want to go pick it up now. Film Festival fans, you are definitely still in luck. Because this year's UK Film Festival London will take place online from the 22nd to the 29th of November and will offer UK and worldwide audiences a unique chance to catch the latest award-winning short films in the comfort of their own homes. The program also includes an innovative selection of features by established and up-and-coming directors, as well as cutting-edge documentaries and animation films, the 2020 edition has once again been curated twice by twice Berlinal winning director Petros Silvaturas. The feature film highlight of the 2020 edition stars Vinnie Jones, Malcolm McDowell and Ron Perlman in the exciting character-driven thriller The Big Ugly by Scott Whipper in which London mob bosses invest in a West Virginia, Virginia oil deal in the hope of laundering dirty money. Causing mayhem to Anglo-American relations. The shorts lineup includes The Present, directed by Farah Nablusi, an entry from Palestine, which won an award at the 2020 Clermont Ferrand Short Film Festival. Others not to be missed include the hilarious On the Boat by Bizak Mamatiliv and Irene Maury's Sensitive and Haunting Watermelon Juice, from Catizan and Spain, respectively. Another feature film highlight is the UK premiere of Yunlu Lu by Hoiq, Monteri from Brazil, which won the Critics Award at this year's Sao Paulo International Film Festival. Two moving documentary features, not to be missed, reflect on ethnic cleansing and forced migration in the nineteen forties. Zahel's House by Gabriel Greer. About the return of a woman to an area of Turkey Where her grandparents' generation had suffered slaughter and deportation And the Cannibals Voices from 1944 A Danish entry by Chechen filmmaker Zule Magazivev Which weaves the fate of her own family into the story of Stalin's deportation of Chechens to Central Asia. Once again, the festival is delighted to offer candidates awards in various categories. So, for um, the full program, you can just go to their website. Which is um, in the information details of this episode But it's um, ukfilmfestival.com Okay, so then just go to the festival program tab And um, to be able to, uh, you know, watch films, attend An online festival pass is £9 £9 Just think how cheap that is Right And um, short film screening blocks And feature film tickets Are priced between £3 and £4.50 You know Which is uh, A bargain You know what I mean So listen Last year's festival was Great There was some fantastic films Um and I believe that there was a documentary on um, cows, and that has just won a big award with uh, BAFTA. So, listen, the films that you will see here are top-rated shorts and features. So, you do not want to miss this, people. Okay, so it is between the 22nd and 29th of November, Right, so just round the corner This year's UK Film Festival London Do not miss it Okay people, so Now we've got all that out the way And mark those dates people Because you don't want to miss those festivals And any of that stuff coming But now We get to Um yeah i'm going to play you the review and then straight afterwards we're going to go into the uh the conversation with um with Jessica which man we talk about a lot it is very interesting and insightful so people here you go it's always good to be able to check out new New content from, like, actors and directors that you respect and like. And I was really pleased to be able to see uh, a film directed by Jessica Graham. Now, you'll remember the name because Jessica, she was in The Tangle that we talked about last year as part of Sci-Fi London. And, um, yeah, this was her directorial debut. Um, and, as a debut, this, I mean, subject-wise, this is a powerful, you know what I mean? It's a subject that, yeah, don't, you don't want to mess up, you know what I mean? So, to do this for your first film, that's something, right? So, um, yeah, Jessica directed it, it, the story was written by Clark D., Schaefer, um, it's starring uh, Trey McClury and Amy Walker. So, Trey plays Colin and Amy plays Lulu. So, we're assuming they're a husband and wife. And then there is Christina Moses, um, who is uh, another character who you see at the end. Um, so... Jessica produced it, um Clark he executive produced it. Um, we had Sherry Kuak doing the cinematography. Crystal Nardico, um, she did the makeup and special effects and goddamn, you know, what I mean? like we really do see um, yeah how important those are, you know what I mean? So essentially, this is a film about the deterioration of a relationship due to the horror and heartbreak of domestic violence. And um, it's a short film, you know? It's only seven minutes, but people, these are seven very powerful minutes You know, so we essentially start off and our couple are sitting down, you know, they're at home and um, they're having a meal. You know, it looks very, very nice, you know, they're both dressed up real nice. There's candles, you know, there's flowers, it looks really nice and... um, Yeah, they're, 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 you know, they're looking adoringly at each other, holding hands. So you really get this sense of something. But you then notice there is, and this is the thing, right? Because the film is basically just in this setting. And it's just these characters. So everything they do it tells the story everything they you know what i mean the way they lean the 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 way they turn their emotional facial expressions it all adds to the story and that means there's a lot of pressure on them to be able to do this and we get tremendous performances you know like you see from Amy at the start that there's a a concern a worry right you notice that and it just in her demeanor and so this is the thing it's all about these little triggers these little things that build and build and build, so you know she's asked the question, right? They're they're eating, and um, you know Trey throws down. He's you know he's knife and forking. And he's like, "This is my mum's recipe." Wait, there's too much salt in this, and this is the thing. So we have, you know, Amy Lulu. She's. Yo, taken aback, and and she recoils. We see this little recoil. It's not a huge thing, right? But these little movements, these these concerns, these worries, and the great thing is, because, like, you know, domestic violence isn't just a smack in the face and a you know this instantaneous thing. There is often this build up, right, these little questions that lead and lead and lead, and there's the emotional side of it as well, and that is what we see, but the thing as well, right, so we get this point when, um, yeah, so Trey, Colin, he will say something, and um, you get a intake and then you notice bruising around you know Lulu's eye and so we get this steady build up right you you see this steady avalanche of abuse but we also this, this is the thing when people do these things they you know, I mean? there's this remorse, you know, and we get that, right, because there is often this, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, I, I look, this will never happen again, I can't believe I did this to you, I, uh, I, I, I hate myself, you know, so, Trey, you know, what I mean? he has to give us all of this and make it believable, and it really is, you're watching this and you're, you do buy it. You think, okay, he won't do it again. But then, it, you know, it moves on. But we get all of the, all of the things that often get said, like you know, well, you know, it takes two to tango. Well, it's your fault. You knew what you were doing. You know, you brought this on us. You should have done that. You wore that dress. You know, all of these things. And these, like a slam of the table. And then you hear the breathing. And it's like loads of different people just... <sighs> You're breathing. And the fear. And anxiety. And it's all there. It is all there in these seven minutes. These powerful seven minutes that it's very hard to watch and the thing like the crazy thing about it we don't see any of the violence you know we don't see the punches we don't you know see the the fighting the brutality which I think Oftentimes, yeah, they show that and it makes you uncomfortable and it's just, ugh, it can be a bit much, but just seeing the aftermath, right, just seeing the bruising and the blood on Lulu, that's just as unsettling, right, it, it, it's just because now you, you realise what it Took to do that, right? You just think what she had to go through because of that. And it's like the things, the accusations, you know, what I mean? like you, you understand, like all of this, it, it's unwarranted right, it, it, it's not fair, it's horrible, it's this bad situation, and all of that, all of these emotions are given to you within this film, like, it's really well done, right, it, it's really well done, and as I said, look, the performances from Trey and Amy are masterful, they really are. But then you've got everyone else involved. So it's the lighting, it's the makeup, just the sound, right? The, just the breathing is so unsettling. I mean, it just messes with your emotions. So all of this and the different angles that we get really add, just add to the emotion of the film right, and at the end, we get this transition, right, we get this transition, that really, because some of this, right, some of the domestic violence is power, right, it's power dynamics, and knowing, oh, you can do this thing, not all the time, but sometimes, right, And so, we, at the very end, we see the shift, the juxtaposition of that. And it's very telling, right? And I think having the the last scenes at the very end really kind of bring home this thing of domestic violence, right? The... As I said, look the power, you know, like the control. It 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 gives you that shift, and we see when people don't have that, they're in exactly the same position as Lulu. You know what I mean? And, and that that's a powerful kind of thing to end on. So, listen. There's there'll be a link in the episode. Um, details and I highly recommend that you, you know, what I mean, you check this out because look, just the message in the piece is, you know, important and powerful, but just the performances, the performances are tremendous. So, yeah, people give it a look. Um, Yeah, the social media and all of that, so you can follow everyone involved. Um, But yeah, listen, people. It is, uh, it's important. Okay. Okay, so people, we are, ah, it's great because we've got Jessica Graham here today. To talk about, um, yeah, her short film "Listen," and this like we spoke about the Tangle last year, which was a, a, a great film that Jessica was in. You know, she writes, directs, produces, stars in. You know, she does it all. But this is, am I correct? Listen was your directorial debut.
1: That is correct. Yeah, very first one.
0: Ah, Superb. So, um, yeah, let's, uh, what made this one the film that was like, I want to get behind the camera for this.
1: Yeah. So I had wanted to direct. And I think in some ways I've been directing since I was little. I was the oldest of six. I was, um, a little bossy. Um, but I remember being like very young and creating these full productions with my siblings that I would write and direct and star in, of course, as well. And they would, you know, they would be my minions doing whatever I, I don't, totally <laughs> but I mean, I would choreograph, there would be props, there'd be a whole thing. And then the grown-ups in our life would have to like sit and, and watch this stuff. Um, so like, I'd been doing some version of it since I was little, but, uh, but I really fell in love with acting and. I think there was a part of me that felt like um, I needed to be, I don't know, like I questioned my intelligence or something around being a director. I felt like I don't have the vision. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't know where I came up with that idea because it's, it's not true. We all, we all have the vision. We all have, you know, maybe it doesn't always manifest in the skills of a director, but we're all creative beings. And you, I just...
0: Do you think it's how it's talked about though? like there's whenever you like there's certain things right that we see people do but there's such a reverence around it and the way it's spoken about you think oh right that that's I mean that guy oh they just said in that interview that that guy was in uni for you know all these years and he had to do all of this and all of that oh it took him 10 years before he did his first film oh so obviously I can't (laughs) <laughs> I've have got no, haven't got that experience. There's no way I can do it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I think there's sometimes there's that that it seems that there's this obstacle to get into something, to break in, to try. When, as you said, really we can do it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: As you know, what I mean, as long as you kind of have that self belief, right?
1: I think so, yeah. And yeah, I think you're right. I think there is an idea of it, um, you know, being this thing way up here. And also, you know, growing up for me, kid in the 80s, um, there, there weren't a lot of examples of women directing you know all the great my my father loved film and he showed me like all the great films some of them i was way too young for like i was watching taxi driver when i was like 5 or 6 you know um all the godfather films um and there weren't really examples of female i mean i'm not saying there weren't there there absolutely were female directors working but they weren't um uh being um you know, uplifted in the way that, that male directors were. So I think that's part of it as well. Um, And yeah, absolutely. I mean, I didn't go to school. Like I didn't even, I didn't go to high school. I went to very little, little like grammar school. And so uh, the idea of needing that education definitely came into play for me. Whereas Uh as a, for some reason, as an actor, I felt like I'll just do it. You know, like it felt like for some reason it felt like that was okay for me to do because someone else was sort of leading it. Um, but I knew for a while before I started directing that I, that I did want to, and I had a sense that it would probably be something that I would, you know, it would be a role that I'd be comfortable in. And so I just started telling people like, yeah, I'd like to direct at some point. Um, and then Clark D. Schaefer, who we've worked with on a number of films, um, Monkeys and The Tangle, and um, has just kind of been in, in involved in some creative projects that, that my partner, Chris and I have worked on. Um, he wrote Listen, and he approached me with the script and said, hey, read this. Um, I think you'd be great for the role. And I read it and I was really moved and, um, and I you know called him and I said, you know, I have tears in my eyes, absolutely. Uh, I'll do it and we started talking about it. And the more we spoke about it, it started to become clear to him that I should actually direct it. And that it he he felt that it, you know, it wanted a female director and it was going to be I think his directorial debut or maybe his second Um, and instead, he offered it to me, and at the time, he said, hey, you know, act in it as well, direct it and act in it, and I considered that briefly, and I'm so glad I didn't, because it was such a grueling role um, that Amy Walker was amazing in, Um, and so I just, I said, yeah, let's do it. It felt like, you know, it's a message film. It's something that I care about, um, something that I want to raise awareness around, and it was also uh, simple enough, that it felt like I wasn't biting off more than I could chew for my first project.
0: Ah, now when you read it, because like watching it, it's a very simple concept. And I think we've, we've seen domestic violence in things which, you know, can be very graphic and, and jarring. Now, we don't really see it in this, but the impact, like those transitions. You know what I mean? The, the like the close-ups, the turn, and then the turn back, and then we see the damage, and like just those little things. And as it builds and it builds, it's just as impactful right without having to see a fist or anything going into someone like how how did you kind of gauge that like was that written down or was that something that you were like oh no visually I think we need this like how did that come to pass
1: that that was part of the script originally and you know any any script you know you bring it to director producers dp actors you know things shift and change but um but but absolutely that was part of the script as clark originally wrote it and i think it was so just so smart and um and we don't need to see another woman get Beat up like it, it wasn't necessary to see yeah. it um, yeah. and and I just want to I just want to put out there that you know intimate partner violence goes in all directions with all genders and so I just I want to put that out there right up front because um, I think it's important to say you know in this film it is a a woman who's being abused by a man but it can go the other way it can happen in same-sex relationships it can happen in trans non-binary all these places this this stuff unfortunately happens and so That's important to mention, but yeah. The I didn't want to see, um, well, I don't know, I don't want to give away. I should probably, how much, how much should I give away? Are people going to have already watched the film before Mm, they they listen to this?
0: It's it's always a tricky one. I mean, (laughs) let's just dance around the edges, you know, yeah, let Mm -hmm. let people have something to get into um, when they watch.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I I it was very important to me that we honored that aspect of of the storytelling and um and I think it actually makes it in many ways more powerful not showing the violence. Yeah.
0: I I know what you mean because there's there's things that sometimes you watch or um sometimes even just you know books that you read and there'll be this graphic um like rape scene or like, you know, violence, domestic violence scene or like I've stopped watching like books, um, films and reading books about slavery because I'm just, I I can't, I can't do this anymore. Like, yes, I know. There's going to be all this violence, all this whipping, all of this, there's rape. And it's just like, I can't, it's just too much and I mean sometimes we see all of this but really it doesn't it doesn't add anything extra you know it doesn't like you you take it away and the scene can be just as powerful right the story still has that impact but Mm -hmm. seeing it you just get I think sometimes it takes you out of it yeah like, because it's just absolutely. too much yeah like, you yeah. become desensitized you're just like, i can't i can't keep watching this stuff i can't mm. it needs to stop
1: yeah i i absolutely agree i mean you can really you can really feel it when something is necessary for storytelling and when something isn't like it's just it feel and and for me both as you know a director and as an actor like it's that's important to me, you know, it's important to me in the the stories that I choose to tell um, and more important than ever, I would say, because I do think that the the medium of film, this kind of storytelling is um, is very, very, it's really, really important, the stories we choose to tell and how we choose to tell them because these stories are shaping our culture, which is shaping our world. And so, yeah, and then there's also examples of, you know, I'll never watch this film again. um, But there's an an example of a film where they go all the way is irreversible. And that film, the rape scene in that film, literally changed my life. It changed how I walk around in the world. Because I have not had that experience. Um, I've experienced different versions of of sexual abuse and sexual assault, but I have not experienced that. And watching it and seeing the reality of it for however many minutes it goes on, eight minutes or something in one shot in that film. I lived in Philadelphia at the time and I i changed the way I moved through the world as a result. And so it's like in that, that's an example of film where I'm, they did it that way and they needed to do it that way. And I don't need to watch that film again. <laughs> But it was really, really effective. So, I mean, it, but in general, yeah, we've seen it. We've seen the woman get beaten and raped and, you know, we've, we've seen it over and over and over and over and over and over. <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah.
0: But that is a point, you know, that sometimes it is enlightening right? It, it lets you know because when you see something in a certain way all the time you just think, oh well if I just don't do that I'm fine, right? And then you see it in a different light, in a different way and just all of it. Like there's oftentimes they'll, these scenes there'll be a couple of minutes, right? And you think, oh that's horrible. At least it's only pr- quick. But yeah, in reality, it can go on, and once you then realise that and be like, "Oh, it can happen there. It can happen like that." It, yeah, it does change the way that you you do things,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that
0: you know that is valuable.
1: Yeah, another example of the total opposite end of the spectrum is um, the assistant with Julia Gardner. Um, came out I think last year it was I think it was critically acclaimed but it wasn't audience acclaimed because it's a very simple slow I think beautiful film but it's all about you know it's really about me the me too movement in Hollywood and it's it just shows the day in the life of an assistant to a big um, agent or manager or something and every nothing is seen Mm. and even even the little bits that you hear you don't quite hear them and it's um it's incredibly terrifying and really powerful and illustrates the point and also changed the way, like I watched that film and I was like, yes, I feel very good about the way in which I'm engaging with film and the way in which I'm making film. And I don't really want to be um, part of that machine. Like I want to do something different because it was just so like, oh, vomit inducing to watch, um, to watch what happens and does happen behind closed doors. in, in the industry in Hollywood.
0: Yes, it's kind of crazy. Mm.
1: It, it, it's weird.
0: But I, I, I just think that when, you know, things like Listen come out and they can, I think, just fuel the conversation around these things. I think mean, that's always important.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, and conversations need to happen you know, from different sides and i think that's a problem right now where if you have a different view on something then you know what i mean things get shut down and it's just like no 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 we need more conversation we need to talk about all of this all the
1: aspects yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, I've definitely, um, in po- in sharing the film, I've definitely gotten comments, every, every time I post about the film, usually I get a comment from a man who says, you know, this happens to men too. And I feel like when they tell me, they're like, ready for a fight. They're like, they think I'm going to say, well, it happens to women more, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, which is not my response. My response is, yeah, it, it happens to people of all genders. And it's something we need to keep talking about. And I'm so sorry that you experienced that, you know, so yeah, it's um, the patriarchy exists. Women, you know, are have had to and continue to have to fight for their right to be a human being and horrible things are happening to everyone and intimate partner violence happens to men, too, and, and it goes unreported. So, um, yeah, we need to talk about it from all angles. I mean, one of the things that I would sh- I shared about in many of the q and As when this film went around on this festival circuit was this is about the horror and heartbreak of domestic violence, you know, and that includes the horror and heartbreak of being the perpetrator. Mm. I am not excusing it. I am not condoning it, but you don't just pop out that way. You're not just like, you know, oh, I want to go and abuse somebody. It's like, you become that and and that can start in the womb that can start with you know the stress chemicals that are coming into the womb from you know whatever it is your parents are going through and then obviously it continues and trauma leads to more trauma often and so i don't i don't see it as an issue where it's like this is the bad person and this is the good person it's like this is a really sad um, heartbreaking situation and it involves a lot of, you know, a lot of trauma on all sides.
0: Oh, definitely. And I think we, that's the, the great thing about this because we see that, right? We see that remorse after the fact, right? And, and I think that's always a thing. Like, as you said, people do these things and there is always the apologies, there's always I, it won't ever happen again, I'm so sorry, like I've just been so stressed of late, blah 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 bum bum. And it's one of those things that you kind of think that unless it's properly addressed, like that first instant, it will happen again. Because the seal yeah. has kind of been broken and the justification for, because it's one of those things, like every time we do something as a little kid and it would be like, oh, don't eat the biscuits and you sneak a biscuit. And then the the repercussion isn't, that you think that wasn't as bad as I thought it might be. So, all right, I'm gonna go get another one. Mm. And you think, all right, well, nothing serious happened, so I'll do it again. And then it's just easy, and then it's again and again and again, and that's the thing. It's just that I think we have these things in our minds, right? It's just like we you shouldn't do this, and you shouldn't do that, and you shouldn't do that. But as soon as you know the the wall on one of those things starts to crumble a bit, doing that thing becomes easier.
1: Mm. Yeah, I would also say that it's already in there. It's already in the brain when it comes to this stuff. I mean, I know for me, um, you know, I've, I've been in abusive relationships and, you know, I would say to a certain extent, I've been abusive in relationships, um, not necessarily physically, but in, in other ways um, in the past. And it's taken a lot of work to change my brain when it comes to w- to what I consider love. Um, for me, there was a strong connection between being loved and even being safe and being hurt. And um, also, I didn't have the skills and emotional intelligence um, due to trauma uh, to be able to communicate my needs, um, to be able to um, to advocate for myself in ways that that weren't harmful to someone else and and that came from you know conditioning through many years of you know of my childhood and my teen years and so I think yes it can be addressed in the beginning but usually it's 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 not just like there's one invisible line we cross over it's like it it begins very early on, very early on before before we're even in romantic relationship um, and it takes a lot of work to change our brains and to rewire um, those pathways that go towards I need to hurt someone in order to love them or I need to be hurt in order to be loved or I need to hurt someone to be safe you know all of these things it's like it's in there from from early on and so it does require a lot of support and a lot of help and I just um I really admire people who are willing to go in and do that work. I know for me, like I no longer equate being hurt with being loved. Mm. And it took a long time and a lot of work to get to a point where I didn't, you know, so I know it's hard.
0: Oh, no doubt. Because, you know, just changing it once, like it doesn't really register right you have to completely rebuild that synapse to kind of understand that oh this is how it should be
1: yeah okay. and this yeah and that's not to say that it's not to say that someone who's being abused is a, is it's their fault and it's yeah. not to say that someone who's abusing has the right to do it because of what they've been through and i'm not saying that at all i'm just saying that it's like it's complicated it's not just like person person who is bad person who is good like it just nothing is like that (laughs) it's not like very few people are actually just like pure sociopaths or something (laughs) like it's not like I don't think we use that word anymore actually but you know very few people are just that just like that you know um we are created
0: yeah it's all very nuanced Mm -hmm. right and with that how did you what was the process for the actors you know how did they kind of get into the mindset for these roles because the performances are like man i think this film really just sit on those two performances you know because if they don't hit those those little nuances those little kind of movements, tonally, just all of that. If if that doesn't work, if that doesn't come across, the film doesn't have the same impact.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I was, you know, I'm so lucky to have the cast that I have. So Amy Walker and plays Lulu, Trey McCurley plays Colin, and Christina Moses plays the detective. And they are all phenomenal actors, um, and wonderful to work with and all very different in the way that they work. So <clears throat> Amy, Amy has kind of become, since that project, become one of my creative soulmates, Amy Walker. She's, she's also, um, uh, got a huge following on YouTube. She, she does accents and as well as a bunch of other stuff. And she has, um, she has a really big YouTube following. And I didn't I didn't, I had already been a fan of her when I asked her to be in this film, but I didn't realize it was like in an acting class and I saw her do a scene and I was like, she's the one. And then I only found out later that she was also this like YouTube, famous YouTube YouTuber who, um, who I was a fan of. And I was like, oh, well, that's amazing. But she, um, I mean, Amy has a beautiful process. She like me has a very strong um, spiritual practice and spiritual life. And she does a lot of you know, meditation and a lot of prayer and really works in that way. Um, one of the things that Amy did was she, uh, she reached out to her, to her YouTube followers and said, I'm doing this film on domestic violence. And I want to, any, anyone who has a story they want to share with me, I'd like to bring it with me to the set. And so she collected stories from her fans and followers who'd been through this. And she like just brought it into her heart and brought it to set um so that was amazing now trey um i mean trey is like a he's like a in a way he's like this blank canvas literally anything i asked him for he would just do i was like this is this is like a first-time director's dream and that's not to say he didn't also bring his unique perspective on the role and like his own ideas but like he was like that it was like I need you to go here, and he was there. Okay, I need you here. Oh, he was there, and so um, you know, I'm not entirely sure what his process is. I don't actually know um, what you know what kind of training he's done personally, but I do know that where whatever it is, he's like ready. He's ready in an instant for whatever it is, and he also does comedy. We've actually act, acted together, Trey and I um, um, acted opposite each other in. Um, uh, season, I think it's season two of Crazy Bitches, which is this like horror comedy web show um, directed and written by uh, Jane Clark. And, uh, (laughs) and he, he can do comedy, he can do really, he's, he's just great. And then Christina Moses is a dear friend of mine. And we've been friends for quite some time. And she's become really successful in her acting she's um a series regular a lead on a million little things on uh on abc i believe and um you know she's she's been in a bunch of stuff um she's done a bunch of stuff on the cw and um you know she's her career's just blowing up and we were really lucky to have her Join us for that shoot, and her performance is just—it's—it's it's so subtle and simple. And um, she and I have some similar training, so um, you know it was—it was cool to work with her and 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 explore explore that character with her. Absolutely, it was
0: like a nice little hmm, I don't know, bookend kind of thing from mm-hmm. what we'd seen before to then that. To be like power shifts,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so, yeah, it's like without <laughs> it doesn't to say too much, but yeah, just the way that all and just like the movement, you know what I mean? The on the and the tape and just mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that that yeah. was that was a, a, a yeah. That I feel that was a great way to kind of end it.
1: Yeah, it was it was really, really important to me um that we did end it that way. And you know, originally that character um was um a man and was just a uh yeah, was a man. Um and so I'm trying like not to get to get way too much. Um and I, you know, I said to Clark, I feel like it's really important that this this is a woman and ideally um a black woman or a woman of color and um and he's like okay <laughs> so that's that's what, and it just it felt that felt very very important to me that in that moment um there we we had some of that some of that female energy come in um and also you know sh- another way in which you know working with the actors um, was was added to was uh was Sherry Cock our our dp she's an emmy winning Cinematographer, an amazing filmmaker, a director herself. And I was so lucky to be working with her because, like, you know, it was my first project as a director. And she just collaborated and collaborated and collaborated and brought so much creative input to the project. And we basically just like broke the script down together, like mini beat by mini beat. And so in directing the actors, it was like there was the script and then there was this other whole other script that Sherry and I had created which just like mapped out every single shift and every single moment and um you know i i couldn't have done this without sherry sherry um just sat with me on my bedroom floor for hours and hours and you know we're talking like tiny budget so it's not like she was getting paid for those hours and hours and she just she just threw herself into it and um you know it's it's what it is you know in big part because of Sherry, she just really, um, she really brought such skill and expertise and creativity to the project.
0: That's great. So when you, because yeah, this being your first directorial film, um, like to bring it to life, right. So, you know, Sherry helped and you had help, but how easy was it to be like, I don't know how to do this, or can someone help with this? Because, you know what I mean, I can imagine you want to be able to be like, okay, no, I know you can trust me, I can do this. But then there's things that you haven't done before, so you need help. And how easy was it to kind of ask for that help without kind of feeling that you're losing control of this, your first project?
1: Mm, that's a That's a beautiful question, thanks Kevin. Um, yeah, so <clears throat> how easy was it? It was easy, but getting to the place in my life where it was easy took a lot of work <laughs> um, and i'm still learning to ask for help in in certain ways in my life. Um, but as far as on set, I had reached a point where I knew that this that any film is a team effort. And I had seen projects where somebody made it all about them and holding on to control. And I had seen projects where people had their hands open and they were in the flow and they were collaborating. Because as an actor and producer for a bunch of years, like I'd been on a lot of different sets. And, um, and I knew that what I wanted was an open, flowing, collaborative space and set. Um, you know, I start, when I direct, I, start the, I always start the day with meditation. A few minutes, a few minutes of meditation. I also like to lead with vulnerability. I like to say, "I'm nervous." I like to say, "You know, I don't know how this is going to go." Um, I like to say, "You know, I'm still new at this." You know, I just did my my third project into light, um, also with Amy Walker, and that's how I started the first meeting. I was like. Look, this is my third project. I'm new to this. This is a big project for me. There's, it's, there's a, a lot, it's a period piece. There's a lot going on here. And I am so happy to have such skilled professionals and creative collaborators because I don't want to do this on my own. So I start that way, you know. And with, with Listen, I was also lucky enough to have my partner, Christopher Soren Kelly, who um, is the writer and director and one of the stars and producers of The Tangle. He was there with me. On listen and um, he 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 sort of acted as my AD as my production designer and also you know just as support um, to me and um, I felt very comfortable going to him as well as going to anyone else who was part of the project and asking and I think um, I think we need to be willing to do that it's like the holding on tightly to this is my set and I need to control it I don't think that necessarily leads to the most uh, expansive creative experience or expression and as a director you are holding the space you are at the helm you are creating the container for this whole thing to unfold inside of and so while it's important to ask for help and to collaborate it's also important to be connected with you know what is the vision why am i here what am i trying to do and um, you know, I continue to learn that, you know, cause it is stressful to direct. And so I continue to learn to be able to hold that space in a way that's kind, that's clear, that's fun.
0: <laughs> See, that's interesting. Cause, um, oh gosh, who was it? I, oh man, I forget. But I remember listening to, um, I think it was on a podcast and there were people talking about a, a, a film they were on. And it was like, Oh yeah. So on the first day, the director fired someone. Like we were all in a room, and he brought someone in, shouted at them for like five minutes, and then sacked them. And yeah, we were just like worried. And then I think they found out that oh, the person he sacked wasn't really someone that worked. That it was a friend of his. They brought in. So he could kind of like go, yes, people, you better listen to me because I will fire you if you don't, <laughs> which is definitely a different approach.
1: <laughs> you know, look, I can't say that I've always been 100% the kindest person I want to be on set. I, I know that there've been times I've been stressed and I've like made calls that, you know, maybe aren't wrong, but aren't necessarily the kindest. Um, But yelling, (laughs) I don't understand how yelling is an acceptable thing to have happen on a movie set. Um, I I, I know that's what happens and I've Mm. seen it happen, but it's like, and that kind of comes back to the topic of trauma, you know? It's (laughs) It's like we get into fight, flight, freeze. Yeah. And we get into fight. And that's where that kind of behavior happens. And it's like, whether it's, you know, whether it's staged or not, it's like, I just, at this point in my life, I'm like, no, I I don't have any interest in being in that kind of environment, you know, as an actor or a director or, you know, any, anything. Like, I just don't think, um, it's not conducive to creativity. It shuts us down. It narrows us. And so, um, yeah that's not the kind of that's not the kind of environment i want to create that's for sure
0: <laughs> <laughs> but the the thing that i did find interesting and it's always something that you know when i see it i'm just like ah oh, that's nice Because i noticed a few familiar faces in the credits from the tangle and it's it's just like because the way i see it is just like if these people continue to work together that must mean it's a nice little unit. You know what I mean? There's this trust, there's this, you know what I mean? Just this spirit there, which then when you see that these people continue to collaborate, you have faith in the product that whatever it is, it's going to be something a little bit special, you Mm. know?
1: Yeah. 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 Thanks for noticing that. And yeah, I mean, I think that's a, it's a big part of it is finding your people, you know, and, and um, supporting and celebrating each other, you know, like, like Chris supported me on making Listen, you know, I had supported him on projects, you know, like or, which is the first short that we made together. Um, you know, he acted, star- he starred in it, he wrote it, he directed it, and, and I produced, you know, that was, you know, my role in that film. And, you know, and we kind of, have supported each other back and forth in that way or he'll write me a role or you know um you know it's we've worked together a ton um and then there's the people that we've you know connected with along the way that we've you know some of whom we've done you know multiple projects some one project but you know it's like it is all about the people and I think that's what life is all about is about connection and connecting connecting with other humans and so when you can do that and create create art at the same time I mean that's that's sort of the best case scenario
0: (laughs) yeah no definitely and I think right now I think that's really I think come to bear you know I mean you realize that it's important to have those people those ride or die people around you to help get through situations and build situations right yeah
1: yeah, absolutely. Speaking of you know, building, building situations, I mean, what, another character in this film that we haven't talked about yet is the makeup design. I, and...
0: I was gonna ask you about that because th- those transitions, right? Mm-hmm. So we go from one scene to then suddenly we see stuff and then mm-hmm. more stuff. And it was just like, how did you, like, what's the process there? Because obviously it has to be applied, but then you have to get back into that moment, right? Back back into that headspace of that trauma. So how did that how did that go, and how much footage was kind of filmed?
1: You know, I can't. I we edited this thing so long ago. I can't remember how much footage we sat through there, you know we had one day to shoot it so there wasn't you know endless footage um but you know our makeup designer crystal Nardico, who she was also did makeup for the tangle and she did makeup for murder made easy and she did makeup for i think a couple other projects i've worked on um she did the makeup for listen and you know she i mean I don't. I don't know how she did it. Like the combination of her and Amy and Trey and the way they all work together, timing-wise. Like, I mean, it's pretty. It's pretty impressive, really. Um, But Crystal's just very. She's a very skilled makeup artist, and she's an incredibly skilled special effects makeup artist. And um, you know, she just brought it. Um, And I think she did such a such a beautiful job. And then you know, Amy. Amy was just able to seamlessly move in and out of, you know, these changes. And so was Trey. I mean, I watched them and I was like, I'm so glad I'm not acting in this movie. Oh, my God. Like, I'm so glad I don't have to be doing what they're doing right now that I get to just like be standing here directing things. Because, oh, man. Oh.
0: <laughs> it, it, it was. It, it was tough. Like, because you're watching it, and I think just these little signs that you're seeing, and then the tonal like, you're not eating your food. And it's like, it's too much salt in this. And you just see certain things and said in a certain way that make you go, oof, you know what I mean? And then when you, you look back at her and there's more, you're just like, oh, God damn it.
1: Yeah. It's hard to watch. It's really, especially, you know, I always put trigger warnings on this film because if you've been in through any version of this, including, you know, a, a, ch- a ch- in your childhood, you know, like if, and it doesn't even have to be, look, it doesn't have to be physical abuse for it to still have the same impact on a person. Like it can be emotional, you know, verbal, psychological, you know, some of, you know, that's honestly for me, like, some of the verbal abuse I experienced through my life is the stuff that, you know, I've had to work really hard to like, cause it's inside and you can't see yeah. it on the outside, you know? Um, but yeah, watching that film and those little moments, I agree. Like, it's like those little tone shifts. If you've been there and you, you, it's like you experience it all over again, watching the film. And so it's like, I had to watch it over and over and over again, editing and like, Every single time, it made my stomach twist. So, yeah, it's hard to watch.
0: I can imagine, and um, because I realize time wise, but I just want to ask about the voices. What kind of? How did that get added? What was the? You know what I mean? How like was that? Definitely was. You know what I mean? Just like chilling.
1: I that I'm so glad you brought that up because that's actually what I'm one of the things I'm most proud of as a director with this project is is that um, and I remember it was like we were watching footage early on and there's this moment where um, Amy Walker's character exhales and I heard it and I was like oh shit and it just came to, like it just came to me I was like we need a whole bunch of women. And breathing and and sounding, and I was like this because this isn't just one woman's story, you know. And I just had that idea, and and I shared it with a few people, and they're like, yeah, that sounds really good. I'm like, it does, and they're like, yeah. And I was like, that you know, in some ways, coming back to like what I was saying earlier about like, I don't know if I have the vision. That was the moment where I was like. I I have some vision, like, I I thought of this, and it's a good idea, (laughs) it made me feel so good, and then, you know, working with the sound designer, um, uh, Kevin Dippold, um, you know, we, we were so lucky to have a group of women who, who volunteered their time, and came in, and recorded, it was very interesting recording these sounds, Um, and, uh, and I, that honestly that sound design that he created along with um along with the whole, you know, what everyone did, but it really is um I think a big part of what makes the film what it is 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 that sound design and and to be able to collaborate with someone, and be like, here's the idea. Like this is what I want to do. How do we do that? And then he was able to take it and turn it into what you uh what you experience when you view the film.
0: Well yeah it all it all worked right it all came together and it all helped tell that story you know because i haven't been like in the the physical kind of situation but there's been a lot of like words because it's it's funny, right? Because you're told as a kid, sticks and stones will break your bones, but names will never hurt you. Names can crush the hell out of you. You know what I mean? And and so there's been, uh, you know, there's a lot of oh, you'll never be anything, and you won't. You know what I mean you're rubbish, and you're. And I think you brush it off, but you don't realize this damn that's getting built right behind the scenes and so like that kind of element of the film that definitely resonated mm. so just all of these little things and then add in like the you know the the, the voices and just it all just comes together just very impactful really.
1: mm.
0: you know mm. so hey congratulations to you and just everyone involved because thank you yeah incredible job
1: thank you so much yeah definitely definitely very much a team effort and you know um clark wrote a beautiful script and you know i'm i'm so so grateful that i had the opportunity to help tell that story and, and really glad to get to talk to you about it thank you so much
0: hey no worries you're always welcome um, yeah i realized that we didn't Get round to talking about um, Amy's, uh, you know, next endeavour with you. Um,
1: Maybe we can come and talk to you about it another time.
0: Yeah, I think we're gonna have to, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's uh, that's into light. So yeah, let's uh, let's let's have a next instalment.
0: <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, now, before we go, where can people um, see listen?
1: So, um, listen is available on YouTube and on Vimeo. So I, maybe you can, uh, put the links in, uh, in the yeah. show notes. Yeah. Um, I'll send you those. I'll make sure you have those links. Um, and yeah, it's, it's available in both of those places. And, um, we'd love for people to, to watch it and to share it and to help us help us spread awareness, which is really what the film's about
0: okay no worries uh, yeah definitely yeah we'll, we'll put the links in the episode notes along with um you know everyone's social media so they can follow what you're doing amy's doing chris is doing Trey, you know uh, continue to um just ingest all of this magnificent work
1: thank you so much
0: no worries but um yeah thank you again really appreciate the time and I'm looking forward to uh, talking about some suffragette history.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Tremendous. All right. Thank you, Jessica.
1: Thank you. <laughs>
0: Okay, people, so, yeah, that is it We are done I, yeah, I hope you found that extremely interesting Um, people, go watch the film As I said, seven minutes Right, so you've got time The links, there's a YouTube and a Vimo link They're in the information of the episode And also, um... You can follow Jessica and the rest of the team behind the film um, through all their social media, that is also in the episode information. So, people, go support independent film and, um, yeah, pay attention to these talented individuals. It will definitely not be the worst thing you have ever done and it will just brighten up your lives alright people enjoy your week and your film watching, that's us peace